0: Hello, listener. Welcome to Switch It, the podcast that's checking the weather in Colombo. England and New Zealand are once again neck and neck as the men's ODI World Cup approaches. The provisional squads are submitted, but the race to be on the plane to India remains as intense as ever. Is Harry Brooke coming up the rail? Have England picked too many old stages? Will anyone survive? Asking David Milan another question about his spot. Joining me to answer these poses and more are two men who are never just content to knock it around during the middle overs. ESPN Creed Info, UK Tonka in Chief Andrew Miller, and associate editor slash flair batter, Vatushin Ahantaraja. Good to see you, chaps. This 50 over format Miller, will it ever catch on?
1: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? When when it finally comes back again on a big <laughs> event, you kind of think, yeah, this is this is this is actually kind of a big deal, isn't it? And then, you know, as England proved after winning in 2019 and then basically ghosting it the morning following morning, um, <laughs> between World Cups. I just don't think anyone gives a damn anymore. But you know, probably this is the way to go. This may be a harbinger for for all of international cricket. To be perfectly honest, it's like the main events, the ICC events, are going to be the ones where the where where you get the get the get the gang back together. And as England are proving with the way they've um dredged through their the, their address book and found all, all the old old boys who haven't haven't been in the same room together for, for months, um, that's exactly how they're playing it. I mean, obviously one or two. Anomalies such as Harry Brook, Gus Atkinson, and David uh, Um, but, you know, mostly, uh, I think there were nine potential candidates for, for selection for that first ODI who played in the World Cup final. Um, that's kind of how England are playing it. So, yeah, I think there's legs in it. I think um, you certainly see uh, the way in which, um, you know, the World Cups, you get opportunities to get really big scores, like, you know, you can get... A Get two hundreds in, in fifty overs in a way you you can't really, well, you probably can, but that hasn't yet been in, threatened in in in, in the twenty-over game. Let alone the hundred. So you know the opportunity to just spread some wings, go deep, uh, you know, build an in innings, rescue an in innings, like we saw in England's uh, game the other day. That wouldn't have been possible in a twenty-over game. So yeah, I think it's got legs, but uh, it really depends outside of World Cups how willing people are to uh, to double down and uh, and play it. Not sure in the current zeitgeist they are that willing.
0: Well, England's first ODI since March, of course, and um, we'll probably get into how infrequently they have played it over over the intervening four years. Um, Vish, I'm hoping you've got an appropriate anal- analogy from The Wire or The Office or something that can uh, explain what the England selectors are currently going through.
2: Um, I well, I mean. You because you said the wire f- first, I thought immediately about the wire, and that is basically a, a load of young people, essentially bringing through, a, you know, almost a new generation of drug dealer. And I suppose we're gonna, you know, we're looking to Harry Brook for our kicks for the future. So I suppose there's something in that, but um, gateway, I don't know. I gateway don't, drugs. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dad's Army was a bit before my time, but I suppose that's more appropriate <laughs> when we're talking about this idea, squad. Um, it's funny because um, I've I've really enjoyed the Harry Rick fiver from afar because it feels like a lot of it is um, informed by Ben Stokes in 2015, rather than not picking Ben Stokes in 2015, because kind of very similar to that. You know, he goes off to the BBL, scores brilliant 80-odd for the Renegades at Melbourne Renegades. Brook does what he does in the 100. But then we're kind of giving Brook a bit more rope, but it feels like he's kind of, you know, I suppose all young 24-somethings, you know, say broadly in this country, come out of university and they just have interview after interview after interview and not really sure if they're going to get the gig. And it feels like that's what Harry Brook's doing right now. So, you know, he's got, he's, if anything, Harry Brook's getting a good example of what it's like to be us, us regular people who aren't good at sport. Um, but yeah, I'll probably stick with Dad's army over the wire when it comes to this.
0: Yeah, I've actually got that written down here as well. Um, yeah, Gen-, Gen Z butting up against the real world. Uh, that, that's Harry Brooks' um, situation. Let's let's get to it then. England drew the T20i series with New Zealand 2 All, a topsy-turvy affair that served as warm-up for the ODIs, which serve as warm-up for the World Cup warm-ups, which are, of course, warm-ups for the World Cup, um, and not the Ireland series. We won't mention that that's another matter entirely we will mention it at some point because harry brooks again going to be involved um the new zealand odis currently won all after england won a rain affected game in southampton yesterday um, it's all coming thick and fast miller but where where are we with this provisional provisional i'm gonna say it again it's a provisional world cup squad matthew mott has used that word uh he used that word repeatedly in an interview with sky last week where are we with this provisional world cup squad
1: yeah, good question. Um, I think England are a lot less sure of where they're headed than they perhaps were um, before they started playing ODIs again, which is interesting. I mean, I think I think it was That's, NASA that's been was,
0: a spanner in the works of their thinking.
1: It has. I mean, you know, England, ha- England had a grand vision that, you know, we'd just get the gang back together. Everyone would slot back into place. Brooke, and, um, Brooke, Brooke would wait on the sidelines. Bairstow Be- and Roy would tee off from the off- outset. They haven't played together yet for various reasons. Um, you know... Joe Root would slot in at three and not play like he did in the World Cup final, but play like the guy that uh, we all know can scores runs without without even troubling uh, troubling the scorers. That he's so liquid with his with his strike manipulation, all the rest of it. Um, Stokes has done all right, but he doesn't bowl anymore, so that creates problems for the balance of the team elsewhere. Um, to be honest, the best thing that's come out of this round of games, and I include the T20s, which didn't really prove much except that uh, New Zealand can never be written off. Um, I think the best thing was England's recovery from that collapse of eight for three simply because it was the one you know the one thing you can you can get from winning endlessly uh, if you're a if you're a monster machine like England have been in the past, is you get to the crunch and you don't have guys in the middle order with form. And you know Livingston was was quite candid about this, saying, you know it's not easy coming in with 20 over the left of a T20 and expected to tonk it straight away you you are going to be out of form because that's your role to, you know, to, to tonk it. And, you know, you can't get any any time the increase. Famously, he hadn't batted 50 balls in any innings since the dawn of time and all the rest of it. Uh, so his innings the other day was a huge fillip to England's uh, presence, I think. Um, him and Sam Curran and Moeen, to a degree, reinvigorating that innings and putting a score on the board, proving what Josh Butler, again, at the uh, when he's talking to Ishigura in the post-matches, it, 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 it was very very much channeling Owen Morgan's view way back in the day that, you know, we are we are going to go harder. You know, was there any thought of rebuilding? No, we're just going to go harder eight for three. I mean, it's amazing running into the danger, all the basble, um vernacular that's been trotted out across test cricket. That's exactly how England have played white, white ball cricket for years. And, and yeah, so that win and the manner in which they got it was a really good sign.
2: Yeah, it feels like the Livingston thing was so important for a number of reasons, not least because I think he was becoming in danger of being a bit of a highlight reel player. You know, someone you see clips on on social media for, well, you know, Instagram reels, but you you know, as soon as you switch on for something of your substance, it goes missing. And I suppose it's quite hard to get those opportunities because you only get those opportunities because you know one of the best top orders in world cricket for the last five years fails. So yeah, as you said, that was a bit of a reassurance. That was a bit of reassurance it's probably the 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 one big learning the learning that they have from the last month or so and it might be the one big takeaway they have from these white ball games outright considering that they're not going to play you know the the world cup squad the world cup world cup players aren't going to play in this island series is that they managed to get a bit more from livingston because i wondered if they were maybe going into that world cup or in danger of going into that world cup still thinking about his potential with both bat and ball, actually. But they've got a bit more of an answer in their head and, and a bit more confidence going forward.
0: Yes, yeah, so the Livingston, I presume, has has uh, solidified his spot there at sort of uh, number seven. Um, yeah, first innings, as Miller says, uh, the first time he's faced 50 balls in an inning since June 2021. He also hit 52 in the first ODI, which which England lost. Um, it probably moves him a little bit away from from that discussion. Um around Brook which uh, you know there's there's got to be a full guy if Brook's going to come in it, uh, unfortunately for David Milan he's front and centre there but Jason Roy Liam Livingston before these two ODIs were sort of floating into that conversation I think Livingston with the the bowling both uh, wrist spin and finger spin uh, clearly England have um, something extra there from him but uh Milan Miller, but, but during, the, during the, the T20 series, he started the T20s with a 50, uh, very classic sort of anchoring number three Milan knock, I think 50 off about 40 balls. Um, match winning, but it was they were chasing about 130. He started the ODIs with 50 off 50 balls as well when uh, him and Brooke opened, uh, because uh, Jason Roy was in uh, had a back spasm and Johnny Berstow hurt his shoulder in the T20s. He's also had a, another. Childborn, David Johannes the fifth, I think, uh, this week. It, you know, it should all be going pretty well for him. But in mean, the sense, there's that lurking sense that, uh, you know, he's the one waiting to get bitten. He spoke during the T20s and said, I know people compare me to Brookie, but I back top three, he bats four, five, six. So I don't know where that comparison's from. Promptly, England promptly then open with Brook. Uh, <laughs> In his in his first ODI appearance, you know, of the year or since since last summer, even um, uh, he hasn't played much. Of course, I mean, it feels even like England are trolling him now.
1: Yeah, it really does. I I I I thought that the moment that that squad announcement, that team and team sheet came down with Brook opening, it did feel like a like a very personal slapdown. And I I <laughs> you know I do have sympathy for for Milan on so many levels. But I also just don't think he helps himself. I, it, it you know, I, um, our chum Cameron Ponsonby, who covered a few of the few of the T20s, he made a good analogy the other day that that he was like he was like the um, the, the, the second teamer in a club side who comes into the comes into the first team because everyone's away on a stag do, and then just keeps scoring runs and no one no one has the heart to drop him. It feels a little bit like that. It also, to me, it feels almost as though. He's also eavesdropped on on a, on a slightly private conversation in an office saying, look, look I want fancy, fancy a few scoops after work. And he's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the person accused of the bar. <laughs> like, Waiting wait for everyone else to turn up. If you look at the way in which England have gone about their their period between World Cups in 50 over cricket. And again, referring back to Stokes' decision to, to step back and let someone else take the shirt. You know, he said, you know, make your case and prove you're undroppable. No one. But no one has bothered to make a case except for David Milan. At one stage, he was unquestionably the form batsman in fifty-over cricket because literally no one else cared. And it's extraordinary. He has he has so so focused so focused on proving that point uh, that on the one hand you you got to admire him for going over and above. On the other hand, you've got to wonder are you are you just not quite getting the memo, David? It's not. It's not about sheer weight of presence and sheer time at crease. It's about just being the right person at the right moment on the big stage. And, and notably, again, with David Milan, he missed his big moment because when he got a little niggle in the T20 World Cup last year, he was apparently fit for the final, but England didn't pick him. Which, again, I thought was a really interesting decision. And the big moment, England thought, you know what? It's a really big moment. We've got an excuse here not to pick down Milan. We're going to take it. So I do wonder whether there is going to be a nasty sting in the tail for him here. Because on the on the face of it, he's done absolutely everything right again. He's got more runs than Brook, at a quicker rate than Brook. He's just been there and done the right thing. But that 50 from 50 balls, he had the perfect stage in the power play when New Zealand were pitching up, they were bowling much fuller in the power play and Milan was able to cream his drives because, you know, his drive is one of the creamiest shots in world cricket, let's not, let's not be unfair about this but then when England, when, when the middle, middle overs came along and they dragged their lengths back, it was hard to score you know, he gets out to the first, the second ball I think he throws some spin, which isn't exactly auspicious with, the, with an Asia World Cup coming up and then the rest of the team found that, you know what, going, perhaps going and run a ball in the power play when the going was good, wasn't good enough because it clearly England struggled to put 292 on the board and then got mown down by by Devon Conway you know on on the, on the face of it the, the Devon Conway and Daryl Milan shouldn't shouldn't be able to produce quite such differing re- returns in that, in that sense but but the contribution that he put into that chase ended up being a match winning one in a way that perhaps Dawid was holding things up you know everything every time I, every time you open your mouth about Daryl Milan it feels like deeply personal criticism, largely because he takes it very personally, but just, there's just something always been about the way and the timing of his contributions that just doesn't stack up with the overall output that England's white ball team has produced for an awfully long time there.
0: Bish, you've got anything nice to say about David? Or, uh...
2: Um... I probably should. I don't feel really really. you have to. <laughs> well, I mean, I probably should say something nice about Doug Milan, but it feels like whatever, as Miller alluded to, I'll probably start this and end up with a backhanded compliment, won't I? About you know, I mean, I was talking to roller about Matt Roller about this the other day, and the only thing I could come down to because because it feels like they've looked for an excuse to drop him at every opportunity across all codes, really, <clears throat> and the only thing I could feel like that's prevented them from doing so in this instance is is that he's left-handed, so you know whatever whatever it was uh thought, you know uh, the, the you know baby David Milan, David Milan the fourth presumably um to, to pick up that back left-handed then, then fair play because it's seems to be the only thing that's uh, he's only on to now and it is it's is a really tricky one because I just because of the nature of the discourse anyway around around Brook and then subsequently Milan and you know I suppose Jason Roy was part of that collateral there was I kind of, I kind of got it. I, I don't, you know, Harry Brook is a middle order player. That is the issue. Um, and ben Stokes comes in and decides to, d- decides that he wants to play in this World Cup, that he wants to come back for Rodeo Cricket, so therefore Harry Brook sits out. Um, I, you know, I, I would have been broadly okay with him not going to the World Cup. And then I started reading a bit more about it, got, enga- got engaged with the discourse. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's get, get rid of David Milland, even though his record for the last two years has been remarkable. Um, on the Stokes thing, and I'm, I'm throwing forward a bit here, we're in for a fascinating six to nine months, really, because it could be a situation where England actually decide to stay as they are for that provisional squad, and Harry Brook does not go to the World Cup. That England lose that World Cup in a way that would have, you know, that brings in discussion about why they should have put Harry Brook into the team. And I don't think that comes from the top of the order. I think that comes from the middle order because that's his best position. I'm not saying Brook couldn't do it. Couldn't bat in the top three, but fundamentally that's where he's at at the moment because of how little 50 over cricket he's played. And then that means that, you know, England, England lose that World Cup and then suddenly Ben Stokes' his window for getting that knee fit and proper for the Test Series in India doesn't quite work out. You know, a series in India where you're going to rely on an all-rounder more so than ever because you don't need too many, well, you'd rather not pick too many out-and-out quicks. And then suddenly that goes awry and we're in a situation where like, you know, Ben, thanks for that, but... I really could have done with you getting that knee sword soon, sooner rather than later. Obviously, I'm, you know, this is just the pessimist within me talking. But yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't really. I, I find myself going in circles with the Brook thing because unless we see something notable in the next in the next two ODIs, I don't really think they. I think they'd make a mistake from from ditching Milan because batting in the top three in an ODI team and batting in the middle order are totally different things. And as I mentioned before. We need to see something spectacular from Brooke to to bring him forward. I think one player who does actually, who, who can feel a little bit downtrodden by, you know, uh, by his omission outright and by the conversation we're having with the top three batters is Will Jacks, really. Not least because he offers that spin bowling option. And, I, you know, I understand he was pretty dismayed to not to really got a look in for that 50-over squad because I think he, with an exception, especially if you, if you want to, you know, bring in Red Bull form into this as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they cards on the table, if Harbrook doesn't go to the World Cup, I wouldn't be all that annoyed. That's not to say I won't write about it wildly in two months' time, <laughs> but for now, I wouldn't be all that annoyed. C-
0: cards on the table. Uh, we won't. We won't put that clip up on social. We should clip that and put it on social media. <laughs> um, I mean, when when the selection was made, Miller Owen Morgan was among those who said, "You know, good teams leave out good players." Um, he subsequently uh, I think on the uh, over the weekend uh, on the BBC said England had some issues with identifying their um, best eleven and and one of the big things about his side was you know clarity role definition um, everyone knowing what they had to do I think they used twelve players through that World Cup. Um, that I mean, England are in a sort of uh, a bit of a bind because of the depth and, and and options they have, the kind of the luxury of choice, which in this circumstance is actually um, hindering their ability to look at the situation clearly. Does that does that yes. seem fair?
1: I think I think that's entirely fair. I think it, it it harks back to the point I made earlier that England have have basically decided in in the fact that they have abandoned the fifty-over format as. As a, as a day-to-day activity, the only way they can really do justice to this World Cup campaign is to bring their 2019 team out of out of stasis and say, right, come on, lads, just tap into your mindset. Everything about England in this day and age is mindset. The basketball mindset is all mindset, which again, as I said, harks back to the white ball mindset from 2015. Mindset, mindset, mindset. So if their minds are set, then this team are fine. And this, again, you know, I'm to say something nice about Diablo Man, shockingly. He has got a mindset. It's not, I don't think, attuned to the rest of the team, which is where the problem lies, but he's certainly got a mindset of, I am going to take every opportunity I'm given and prove people wrong. And if that means that he goes into a World Cup thinking, right, I'm here now, I'm going to be the man that no one thinks I can be, he isn't, he, you know, that's almost as powerful as the sort of mindset that Stokes had going in 2019 when I'm going to be the man that's, I wasn't when I let everyone down. When I when I um, was fighting and getting banned by, for, for, for all, all manner of misdemeanors. So you know, th- I think there's a, probably a correlation to be drawn there. Um, but fundamentally, England England have, are backed into a corner by the excellence of the team that they have developed over the past eight years, which is not a bad corner to be in. And I, I've written uh, previously, and I think I think Matt picked up on it in, in PC wrote the other day about uh, 2007... Uh, Australia team who went out and crushed the world cup out there who were average age of 31 i think i think um Sean Tate was about 21 and the rest of the team were ancient i mean uh, you had um, i think Glenn Aiden McGrath McGraw, was seven yeah. wasn't he yeah. and and David H- uh, and Michael Hussey was ancient as well you know all the all these guys all these guys have been you know come into the side and 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 proven their point over the course of umpteen years of white ball excellence and they came to their last dance essentially and everyone thought it was dad's army uh, but they just crushed it. And I remember vividly. I was out there for that tournament. I remember. I think it was the Sri Lanka game. Must have been Sri Lanka Australia in Antigua in the Super Sixes. And uh, I think they won very, very easily, or or just or just. I can't remember if it was easy or hard. But basically, they didn't lose a single game. And I came to the press conference afterwards, and Ricky Ponting up there being imperious, and and Ricky like absolutely immovably awesome and at the peak of his powers. I remember vividly asking him a question along the lines of, are you worried that you're peaking too soon? Are you worried that, you know, beating up Sri Lanka in the Super Sixes is, is not helping? I think, presumably, they must have just been crushing everyone so much they weren't testing the bench strength of their side. And he looked me in the eye, absolutely fixed me in the eye and said, mate, that is one of the most stupid questions I've ever heard. Do I look worried? Do I look worried? And he sort of drilled into me and said, come on, tell me I look worried. I was like, no, you don't know have worry. No. Cool. You should up, It's all right. But it was it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. He bored his eyes into into my skull and said, I dare you to tell tell me I'm worried, Mofo. Don't 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 even go there. <laughs> and and so, you know, this, this is where England are going to be come this World Cup. It's like, are they worried? They might be internally, but are they going to show it publicly? God no. They're going to go out there, duke it. You know, Ben Ben Stokes is back. England can collapse to eight for three and still win at a canter because they've got this awesome depth. They've got a team that, you know, as, as Josh Butler said at the, uh, at the at the end of that game, we're going to run towards the danger. They they are not going to back down. We're going to go harder. Every time we are put in the corner, we are going to come harder. I mean, it's pretty awesome. And I don't think, as a mindset thing, I don't think there, there's anything wrong with where England are at. They're, they're fanning around. They're not necessarily winning every single game they play. But in terms of, you know, they've got enough players who know what to do. Come the crunch, you know, I'm sure you. I, I don't. You, we, we're not privy to what goes on in the stump mics, but I, I would imagine there's, you know, every now and again the quick chip. of, oh, I bet you're not, not going to play that at a crunch crunch moment, are you, um, Daryl? Also, so you know, you, you know, just <laughs> you know, I, I'd imagine there's there's some one-upmanship saying that you know we we have we basically win the big moments. What about you boys? You know, that's 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 kind of where where this team will be. On the big stage i suspect having said that i'll probably crash and burn and not even qualify for the semis but you know at least they, they at least they're destined in my opinion to go out on their own terms in this world cup and then as you say stokes will never play the format again Root will never play the format again wood will never play the format again Works will never play the format again <laughs> David malan certainly won't play the format again um you
0: know <laughs> he probably will to be fair yeah he probably will <laughs> he's the only one going to 2027 20, yeah. um <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm just now picturing uh, Josh Butler going boundary countback under his breath every time uh, uh, Kiwis face up uh, uh, scratch their guard. Um, just on the to finish on the Brook discussion. I mean, Vish has sort of already already set set out his position, not not bothered. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, Miller, are you are you uh, are you still? Um, I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago we we talked about this, and the debate was very much Stokes coming back. It makes sense, Brook. The man to miss out, um, as Vish mentioned, opening the batting is a bit different. As as Brooks had two goes at that now. Um, are you still sort of happy with class of twenty nineteen plus Milan, uh, or or do you think Brooke is is going to find his way in there?
1: It really depends on the last two games, doesn't it? I mean, you know this this is his audition. He's been given an absolute gold plated platform to to barge his way into the, into that squad. I mean, he's basically got first dibs. He's he's opening the batting in the final matches that England played before they announced that World Cup squad. It could not be a more carte blanche, you know. Johnny Bairstow, I think, um, I think Matt was saying he was he was ostentatiously doing fielding drills in front of the front of the media the other day, even though he'd been rested because of a s- sore shoulder. He was making the point, "I'm perfectly fit. I'm I'm ready for this, but I'm not being allowed to play because Harry Brook has been given an audition. So you know, and he's failed his audition so far. And to be fair, he. More or less failed his audition at the 20, uh, 2020 World Cup as well because you know he 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 was a bit of a passenger in that world world beating team. He he played a useful knock in the in the final, but up to that point he didn't do an awful lot. He didn't do particularly well at the IPL either. One monstrous innings aside, so you know the three opportunities he's had to really make an undeniable case, he's flunked so far. Which is not to say he's a, he's flunked overall because his overall returns. In every other aspect, have been preposterously good, but if it's a case, as we're saying, of knowing who you're going to get, what version of this player is going to turn up on the biggest moment that the, this team is going to get, if Brook isn't able to tap into that over the next two days, two games, and prove that yeah, here we go, I'm 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 ready and I'm producing, um, then I think it's only fair to say, sorry mate, um, you had you definitely you have definitely had your chances here. You haven't taken them. So, you know, huge stakes for him now. And this, I suppose, is the point. You know, if Harry Brooke turns up with a belting hundred or, or you know, some preposterously quick knock that just sets the agenda over the next two days, then yes, bring him by all means.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It really does feel like it would just be, it would just take one knock. One real big bastard knock to be like, okay, come on in, mate. Yeah, that's fine. Because... You know, he probably would. He would probably come in and not necessarily start the you know that first game against New Zealand in Ahmedabad, our, our but he would just he he would just be the ultimate spare batter, wouldn't he? Because he's shown he can do it up top, can do it in the middle. And as we all know, the pitches aren't going to be the same across the board at the World Cup. So, you know, they can pick and choose and they can rest people. They can bring some. They can bring them in. But yeah, all it takes is is just one knock. And you know, he's got two. He's got two chances of that.
0: And he's got the Ireland series. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the rest of the the, the sort of squad uh, there has been far less debate about. Um, and it is, as Miller, you've touched on, uh, the hardcore is uh, is is going back to the the expendables, the the, the all action heroes uh, from twenty nineteen. Um, nine nine of them in the fifteen. Uh, looks like Livingston is going to be um, one of the new faces. Um, a young guy called David Willey has forced his way in. Um, he, he, uh, he he missed out in in 2019. I'm not sure we know the story of that one. Um, but the, it's really the bowling where there is a bit of uh, new blood. Uh, Reese Topley, um, Gus Atkinson, who who debuted uh, in this format uh, two games ago. But Miller, uh, he played his first T20I as well. Um, last week or the week before, and got took the the, the best figures by an Englishman on debut. Um, we've seen what you know the sort of pace he can bowl at. Um, he is uh, in that provisional squad again, but looks very much set to go as as the sort of backup to Mark Wood as as the ninety mile an hour man. Um, it's it's it, that area of the squad looks looks a little bit more raw. Um, Bryden Casts had um, an impressive T twenty I debut the other day as well. Um, but you know that that's that's the bit that's got to perhaps come together a bit more than than the, than the batting where we know what they can do.
1: Yes, I completely agree. I mean, obviously, not having Jofra Archer is a massive loss, and not being able to be sure where Wood is at at any given moment is a worry. It's not a loss because we know that know from when he came back into the Ashes, uh, without playing a game since the IPL, he bowled rockets from the outset. So we know. That you know, they'll rest him, probably won't play at all until until that opening World Cup game or even later. Who knows when they'll use him? But when he comes in at the crunch moment, he will be bowling rockets. So I don't think I don't think you necessarily need to worry about his presence. But as you say, that backup. And I think Atkinson has put in a good show. Uh he hasn't been lightning quick in the last couple of games, but he has been hasslesome. I mean, they bowled a snorter to um Darrell Mitchell, first ball to Mitchell almost took his head off, which uh you know never never a bad way to introduce himself to um to New Zealand's probably their best best player at the moment. Um so yeah, I mean he I think he I think there's something good and liquid about his his action. It's been actually been compared to Joffre Archer on on, on commentary. And I think it's it's fair to say he does he does sort of glide in in, in a very fluent manner and produces unexpectedly quick pace from a from a whippy action. So it's you know, he he looks like a really useful asset to have. But as you say, whether he's a starting asset, I think is is much more debatable. Uh, it's really interesting about Willie though. I mean, um I think the other day he was he was relegated from the the new ball role for the first time since his debut in 2015 in matches he's played, obviously, because you know quite clearly he doesn't play all the time. But when he does play, he bowls that first that first spell. And this time Reese Stockley took the first spell in the first game and sprayed all over the place and didn't quite get it right. And then Willie didn't get it right when he came on. And then Willie got promoted back to new ball And the second match, nearly takes a look at first ball, takes a look at second ball, sets the agenda, and Lermol topply slots in and bowls a much better performance second time round, having having settled into his role. So it's really interesting. And again, England leaning into, I think you were saying on, on commentary, leaning into the super strengths. What are the super strengths of this particular bunch of players? And it seems that Willie's super strength is being... A new ball option, much as Chris Wokes has been a new ball option when he plays. So England do have people who can who can do the business. You know, I would like to see, I would have liked to see more opportunities for Bryden Cars to be that man through the middle in the plunket role. I thought he looked incredibly useful as the guy who could be relied upon to hit that in between length and just be be hasslesome with cross seamers. Um, I don't know whether you know on the evidence I've seen so far. Atkinson looks a little bit more full length and attacking the stumps. I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough to know whether that's that's entirely true of of his best role, but it feels like Cars would be that guy, the plunkit guy in the middle overs, which was such a crucial part of England's setup. And then Adil Rashid, obviously the other guy who's the linchpin in the middle, who's got a bit of a worrying niggle. I mean, he's always got niggles these days. He's, he's getting on a bit, but you know when he when he's good. He is an absolute world class asset as as he as he's proven time and time again, not least in the in the 20 2020 finals. So England have got enough raw materials in their bowling attack. But as you say, they're yeah, you know, getting the pieces to fall together in the right order. Not you know, you don't want to undermine a strength by having too many guys who rely on that new ball swing. Uh you don't want to have, you know, don't want to have people force forced to bowl in the middle overs who perhaps wouldn't want to be there because they're better at the death or whatever. So, you know, there there's there's issues. Around that, but the other thing England, of course, do have, and always have had, even even I'd say in the absence of Stokes, is depth of options. You know, with Liam Livingston now a shoe in as a as a batter, his leg breaks, off breaks option, backing up mowing, backing up Rashid, just spreads the spreads the load across the spinners, which again spreads the load across the seamers you know you Willie might not have to bowl you might, might bowl six overs at the top and bowl like bowl, bowl well and not be required to bowl in the middle because the spinners can take over so england it's always been a strength of england's the fact that they bat all the way down and in batting all the way down they bowl all the way down as well so i don't think i'm too worried but you're right there is something about a little bit of just a little bit of all that rustiness, apart from anything else, you know, bowling ten overs is a big difference to bowling four overs, and um, and mm. and I don't know if England can make up the the deficit in 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 match practice that uh, that they've left themselves with the lack of options. But but equally, that's not unique. Most teams going to this World Cup have not played enough one day cricket either, and so again, come back to mindset, doesn't it? So um, you know, that's where it started. Yeah, they, they,
0: they've. <laughs> They sort of acknowledge that, haven't they, with uh, selecting six seam bowling options in in the squad, um, uh, and and th- I mean it, there seems to be an acceptance that the this World Cup is going to have to be approached in a different way to the to the one at home because of the travel. Uh, India being such a, a big old place, um, so flying around, getting on and off uh, planes, getting fast bowlers ready, particularly when there are guys like. Uh, Chris Wokes and Mark Wood, uh, who are a little bit on the older side, um, and they'll they'll be travelling reserves as well. And this, I, I suppose, here we're looking at <laughs> Harry Brook probably will go to the World Cup, um, and Bryden Carson possibly Rayhan Ahmed. Is, is is it three um, backups we're expecting England to take? Um, and there's there's no sign that Joffrey Archer is going to be one of those. At, at, it seems at this stage.
2: Yeah. It seems a bit of an odd one. I, I think they have, um, you know, yeah, they, they can take three out with them, but then I think there's also that thing of, you don't necessarily have to have them with you, with you, you know, you can mm. basically just have to submit the names, don't you? Um, you know, cast would be an interesting one to come in because of how he's impressed. And yeah, it feels like, you know, Harry Brook would be the most glamorous of substitutes if it if that were the case. Um, but yeah, it feels, it feels like that's the, that's the route they'll, they'll go down yeah because you know if you look at the last two um if you look at the last two world cups you know obviously both in t20s in the last uh couple of years 2021 and then 2022 they've had to rely on that they've been they've mm. been pretty useful you know it was topley replacing mills in 2021 then it was mills replacing topley in 2022 and it feels like because of the nature of fast bowling and you know the fact that markwood hasn't made an appearance yet because of um you know still recovering from the ashes essentially then yeah, who knows? We might have to dip into that again, but um, yeah, it's uh, you'd wonder if that was just the way that they could have gamed it from the from the start, really. Because I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they'd have to go all escape to victory and break someone's arm to get them in, but you know, that feels like it was a, a way of, of maintaining a bit of like competitiveness within the group. And yeah, it'd be interesting. So it's the 23rd that they've got to officially ratify. You know their their World Cup selections, 23rd of September, which is the day of the second Ireland ODI. So I suppose <laughs> you know if Harry Brook's in, then Harry Brook doesn't play that game, presumably, because it needs to be preserved, or he comes out to a hero's welcome uh, for, for that. um Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a very t- we'll find out.
0: very tight turnaround, isn't it? Because that the Ireland uh, games are the 20th, 23rd, and 26th, and then England's first warm up is set to. The- September 30th in, in Guwahati against India. So there's potential for this to get uh, messy. Um, I mean, the Ireland series, Miller, that is very much a, a, a footnote, but interesting for other reasons, um, not least if Harry Brook's playing, but uh, but Zach Crawley is captaining uh, the ODI side for, for those three games. Um I mean he he's a long way from going to the world cup I think it's fair to say but uh, he does have ambitions in in um in the white ball formats and he has played uh, 50 over cricket for England uh, albeit in that the uh, the the sort of covid replacement series a uh, uh, couple of years ago
1: Yeah it's fascinating isn't it I mean you know it, it's a real opportunity to to show quite what learnings uh, can be taken back from Test cricket to white ball cricket in the way that you know baseball is all about the other traffic, the other direction. Now we have got uh, Crawley and, and Ben Duckett as vice captain. It's absolutely hilarious. I mean, this is like just like yeah, off you go, lads. You know, take, take 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 some baseball spirit back and back back to these, these these young lads and see what you come up with. It, it could be chaos. And I mean, talking of baseball, I mean, it, it, Crawley was at it yesterday in the ridiculous innings down uh, down for Kent. I mean, him and him and um, Ben Compton. I mean. Absolutely extraordinary. Ben Compton, a guy who has been talked about as a as a potential England batter. It, it, no, I can see you shaking your head. He's been talked about as a potential in certain quarters because he has churned out runs in in, in county cricket in a way that would have in the been, old style, in the old style, exactly that. If England had not jumped onto the baseball bandwagon, and we were still chugging along looking looking for looking for machines who can just soak up. Pressure and and dob around. I mean, Ben Compton's returns since he since his his stellar arrival for Kent uh, last year have been extraordinary. Um, so, you know, ordinarily speaking, this guy would be in the conversation, but we're in extraordinary times. And yesterday he made eighteen, I think, from ninety one balls, while while the uh, Crawley other was going loco for a hundred and fifty from hundred and fifty or something like that. It was absolutely preposterous. And you know just just goes to show the distance that England have gone with their attitude to the game across the board as uh, like you know there there is literally no place anymore for for just just stinking at an end and and keeping the ball out you have to be proactive you have to go and go and chase it a bit and as a consequence you know you've got Crawley and Duckett, you know chasing recognition in white ball cricket which is where you know where the money's at and therefore it's where I think that there's a lot of Desire for all the players to to put themselves in the frame for England's white ball team, uh, but a lot of that, a lot of those guys in that squad are, 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 are you know, probably more test orientated at the moment simply because there's not, um, you know, not opportunities there aren't. You know, as we see with Harry Brook waiting in the wings, it's not easy to break into that white ball team at the moment. Therefore, funny enough, proving yourself as a, as a guy who can basball it is probably a better better route to recognition in the short term. So. You know, it, it it's a really you know wide open opportunities for a, a squad of squad of names. I mean, one guy's missing uh, Dan Lawrence because obviously Essex are still in the in the title running, and therefore um, he could uh, he he could be vital to their hopes. But uh, Jamie Smith, for example, another guy who's torn it up for for Surrey in recent times, he gets his first opportunity to show what he could do as as, as an England wicketkeeper. I mean, I personally I think he's going to be a an england shoe in across formats for years to come i think he's he's an absolute gun uh, but this will be a this is basically the only way he's going to get a chance at the moment because there's literally no no way to break into an england team in any other way so it's a really interesting little uh, experiment that england are going to conduct against ireland um and it could be could be an awful lot of fun to watch a bit like as you mentioned that covid series when again england had to pick a essentially a third 11 uh, or third fifteen squad to 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 replace all the guns that were 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 were, were pinged out of the series, and they won three 0 because the strength in England's depth at the moment is absolutely extraordinary.
0: That's uh, yeah, right. No no one from the World Cup squad involved against Ireland. Um, potential debut for for Jamie Smith, George Scrimshaw, and uh, and Sam Hayne. I mean, talking about players that got a bit of a raw deal. Um, over the years, uh, Sam Hain is, uh, I think, still averaging sort of in the high fifties uh, uh, List A cricket. What you know, one of the one of the um, one of the highest up there was sort of Michael Bevan and Emma Stoney and so on. Um, Vish, I mean, he's be um, <laughs> champing at the bit. Although, <laughs> although someone's not going to play, it's, it's a 13-man squad. Um, <laughs> Will Jax is in there. Uh, Duckett, Zach Crawley's in there. Um, Jamie Smith's going to keep wicket. I mean, it would be very Sam Hain to, uh, you know, sit on the bench throughout that whole series.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, the, now that you've pointed that, you, I mean, look, like, you frame him as like the unlucky man, and this would be especially <laughs> unlucky, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, like just to riff on what Miller said, I think the worst thing to do for these players is to regard themselves as afterthoughts and re- regard this as an afterthought series. Because still, you, you know, you're, you're still wearing the same uniform that you've been fighting to get into for a long time now. You're also going to be on TV, and there's a lot to be said for you know th- these will be well attended games, these will be broadcast. There's a lot to be said for making an impression on the people who are watching because. It's almost that like matter of the day complex. You do well and people just take away that opinion of you from when they were there or when they, you know, when they watch you live when they see the highlights. And a lot of these people will be new to, you know, to, to fans who, you know, provisionally just watch English cricket. Um, and I think, you know, Sam Hain's 28 now. And, you know, I feel like all three of us in this call or on this call, have at one time or another written about Sam Hain being this bright, incredible prospect. And, you know, to hear that he's 28, 28 is, a bit startling. I um I bumped into him at uh, Trent Bridge because he was part of the Trent Rockets side. It was the third fr- hundred franchise he's been involved with. Competition's been only been going for three seasons, but he's had a different club every season. And he kind of joked that like you know be, I'll probably you know I'll probably knock a few of them off before. I'm sorry, I'll probably knock all of them off by the time I by the time I retire. And he wasn't necessarily saying that you know he was joking, but that's not necessarily a good thing. I think it's just emblematic of a guy who's like clearly incredibly talented post. Brilliant numbers in all, you know, all three formats, but has just seemed to have found them, found himself, you know, slipping, you know, into the margins somewhat. And this is an opportunity that he can take. And as as Miller also said, you know, there is no one way into the Test team, which you would say now is probably his his best bet, but there is there is no one way into the Test team. There's no one way into any team really. So do well here. You know, he's got a BBL gig as well, again, as does Zach Crawley. There there are plenty of options out there. And while he might feel like he's missed out in the past, you'd probably say like it's it's never been more open in terms of putting in a good impression further afield. But it feels like no one's watching you when actually they are, as has been the case with a lot of these players who find themselves involved with England, um, you know, the last 12 months, 18 months. So, yeah, it is an incredible opportunity for him. And I reckon he might feel a little bit not dismayed but you know there's every chance he could have been in this squad and been captaining them as well such as his general status on the the setup but having crawley in there is is quite neat because you know there is a time after jason roy and and johnny mess at the top of the order so you know why can't zach make himself a a three format international
0: (laughs) phil salt is another name there as well so talking about the the logjam of, of players who'd like to open the batting uh, for England in white ball cricket. It is it is a golden era. Um, I think we've we've covered most of the the the, uh, the World Cup selection questions. I mean, once upon a time, it used to be that the uh, the domestic. Uh, one day trophy final at the end of the season was was the uh, the moment with which to produce that performance, you know as fish mentioned, that's on TV that's going to grab the attention. gonna um, be Ashley Cowan getting selected for an England A Tour. Um, the, the Metro Bank Cup final is this weekend. Um, it's got a, it's got a, a, a an interesting lineup with um, with Leicestershire um, playing their first uh, final uh, since 2001. I think the Scott Boswell final. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, I, I, if either of you feel free to jump in here. I'm not expecting Sol Budginger to to end up on a uh, on the on the Lions uh, tour uh, on the back of of, uh, of an innings at Trent Bridge, but um, yeah, uh, Hampshire, Hampshire versus Leicester it should be a uh, a good game. Underdogs versus uh, you know top dogs, something like that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it, fair play to Leicestershire, first and foremost. I mean, you know they are forever the team that have that have being written off as like you know what is the point of the county championship what is the point of the 18, 18 first class system Leicestershire are a waste of rations bin them off and they have proven not um you know it's been a hard graph for them and they you know they stay they, they still have their struggles to 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 uh front up on all formats but this year they have doubled down and produced a really exceptional campaign that I think is a credit to, it's kind of the theme that we've been touching on for this whole whole uh, last few minutes is about this extraordinary strength and depth and the extraordinary virtue that comes from the breadth of opportunity you get with an 18, 18-county system. I think, uh, you know, it's all very well and you listen to KP and people like that banging on about we need, we need to trim down to, to eight counties and, you know, quality will out. Well, actually, no. Quantity is vitally important to the health of English cricket. Quantity of opportunity to get seen. I mean, Rehan Ahmed, classic case in point. He'll be he will hopefully he's playing at the moment for for the for the first class side. He'll hopefully play in that final at the age of 19 now. One of his first major events, you know, shockingly, even though he's played for England and won one test test series in Karachi and all the rest of it. It'll be a massive moment in his development. And he'll be going in there as a gun. Leg spinner, hoping to win a domestic trophy. It, you know, the opportunity that he gets by the fact that this competition exists is actually, you know, opening up the opportunities that uh, that the rest of the of of the, the game can have. I mean, we touched on it last week with the, the BBL draft and the number of England players who are in the draft simply because they play on a day-to-day basis for their counties. They've proven they've got runs. They 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 can front up against all manner of situations It's all manner of bowling. In all manner of surfaces, and they're going to be pretty damn handy if you give them half a chance. I mean this is this is basically this is a this is almost the uh, the eighteen county system on trial essentially with with Leicestershire coming through to this final, whether they win or not, I think they've proven a point here, uh, especially with England setting out, you know their 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 glorious ambition for the hundred is to be the second best competition in the world. Uh, second best is you know is not the best. so second second best you might as well accept will be. Quantity led rather than quality led. You know, if you see what I mean. It's, I think I think it is important to recognise that to get to the best, to get to the elite level that England's white ball team, in particular, got to, and the Test team recently, you have options that are pushing for places and and creating that that upward momentum that forces the elite, so to speak, to get better. um So you know that is the that is the the, the elevator pitch for for the the 50 over cup. It, it I think it served a purpose in a way that. Uh, Perhaps was, you know, 50 over cricket has clearly been marginalised since 2019 and and not always to um, everyone's uh, taste. And I guess the the events in the World Cup will, will determine, to a greater extent, the success or otherwise of the ECB deciding to bin off their interest in 50 over cricket. But if in the short term, it means there are opportunities for less vaunted players to put themselves forward, I don't necessarily think that is a bad thing.
0: Well, there we go. That has that sold me. Um Vish will be there at Trent Bridge, I think, uh, on Saturday. We've also got the, uh, the the run into the the county championship. Um Surrey very much in the box seat there. Uh, everyone everyone loves to see Surrey winning, of course. Um very much in the in the Leicestershire underdogs uh, to glory mould, I think. But we'll we'll come back to that. Um that will that will do us for today. There are still two more ODIs against New Zealand to come before England play Ireland and have to finalise their squad. After that, selection really will brook no argument. We'll be back to ring every last drop from the discussion. Uh, until then, my thanks to Miller and Vish and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrikenvo.com.